Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Anyone else hungover this morning? <laughs> we, we were all drinking last night and you all seem pretty fresh. I am not fresh. I am okay-ish. Yeah. I can tell I didn't have dinner and a few pints. <laughs> You're all a bit younger than me. Wait until you hit 30, it gets a lot harder, trust me. I had like, um, I often in the, the sort of build-up to big matches have like anxiety dreams where I'm sort of worrying about the game. And, uh, we, we sort of have these, uh, you know, like I had one a few nights ago and City lost 2-0 to United. I had another one last night after the game had actually happened oh, really? in which we lost again and I woke oh, up this morning like oh god we lost the derby and then I was like no we didn't it was such a great feeling it was like that feeling you know when your alarm goes off on a Saturday and you realise <laughs> yeah. you don't have to work I know I know. Um, I, I tend to wake up fairly early on, on big match days mm. which is a bit annoying and that's exactly how you feel like oh shit I have to go to work but then remember oh it's like Saturday so you just turn around have a few more yeah. hours of sleep and you're closer to the actual game so you wake up with even more excitement that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if ex- excitement is the right word for me at the moment though this tile race is going to kill me if I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll talk more about that uh, in a little while first of all welcome to the one football podcast i'm dan burke this week i'm joined once again by alex mott hello toby herman is Good back and uh, making his podcast debut it's the last king of scotland podrig <laughs> whelan that's, that's quite the introduction <laughs> even you. wearing his scotland jersey today which i didn't ask him to do uh, if you want to get your podcast questions into us, uh, the email address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. Varun has done exactly that this week. He says, being a Manchester United fan, I feel the club is rather confused about its identity. Do we live on the glory of our past? Are they trying to revitalise that bloody worn out spirit? Or do we try to reinvent and create a post-Fergie identity like we did with Jose and Van Hal? Alex. Well, I mean, the answer is quite obvious. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, really, yeah. Is there a post-Fergie identity? Uh, I mean, they've tried, haven't they? They've not, not been very successful. But. I just... Uh, I mean, I keep banging this drum about Solskjaer, but I think it's got to a point now where he's not the problem, and he's but he's also not the solution. That's so the problem at Man United now is so systemic. I was looking back, I was thinking about it last night on the way home, and what was their last good signing? And I was thinking probably Van Persie, yeah, (laughs) yeah, which is six years ago. Which is just a disgrace, isn't it? For a team that want to be at the absolute top of the European football, for their last really good signing to be six years ago, I think it's embarrassing. And I don't know at what point does the buck stop with Woodward and the Glazers. It's difficult to... I don't know. Obviously, Ed Woodward is doing all the right things in terms of getting money into the club. But there needs to be a sporting director, Mm -hmm. doesn't there? There just absolutely has to be one now. But they just don't seem any closer to getting one. So... I don't know, last night, well, we'll move on to the game later on, but last night just showed what is wrong with Man United. Mm-hmm. It was so clear, wasn't it? Yeah. So clear. Well, I want us to play a game, actually, called You Are Manchester United's <laughs> New Sporting Director. Oh, we're playing Make Feeling now. <laughs> well, apparently so, yeah. So go on, Padre, you can go first. You can buy four players for United this summer. Who who would you buy? Well, at first I didn't, I thought you'd kind of, the way Man United are going to do it, you're almost looking at one per position. But I think watching the games, especially last night and the last few weeks, I think they need two centre-backs. There's not one of those that I think should be starting for Man United regularly. So, you know, Varane's been linked, Koulibaly, Shula off, Bayern. There's names out there, but obviously it's all very costly. I don't know. I'm not going to put... It. <laughs> As Gary Neville might say, I'm not going to name names. I just know that they need two quality centre-backs, um, a midfielder as well. I would actually go for Declan Rice, I think. He's young, he's hungry, he's got that kind of enthusiasm that's probably missing in the Man United midfield, that they're crying out for somebody like that. And 100% they, they need a striker. And if I'm playing, if Whelan is playing feeling, I suppose, I will, uh, <laughs> I'd go Mauro Icardi. I just think he's probably going to be available in the summer. I think you can probably get him on maybe a, a lower price deal because of the, his his own messy situation. So if I'm playing the director, that's, that's the four I'd go mm. for. Well, I've obviously not named the names for centre back, but. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with. Koulibaly definitely I'd agree with Rice I'd maybe go Sancho if he's available um, and possibly Edinson Cavani mm. I think he seems like the odd man out of PSG doesn't he at the mm. moment and I think he could be gettable I haven't really seen him been linked though which is I don't know seems strange to me but um, it's all, I mean 
it's all well and good trying to bring players in, but actually now who wants to go to Man United? Mm. That's the biggest problem, isn't it? If you're a properly world-class footballer, why would you go to Man United? Mm. I can't really think of a reason why, apart from them being... Not even Icardi would go to Man United. <laughs> Possibly um, not. I heard Francesco, um, our Italian transfer expert, um, saying that um, his wife, Wanda, obviously yeah. um, said that Icardi is staying at Inter. What was that about? Right. Yeah, I, I think thought it's a done deal that yeah. he's gone. Um, so I had him on top of my list for, for United. Um, Because, yeah, we'll take him if he's available, why not? Um, Sancho I had as well, but I don't think that, like, they, they're going to spend that yeah. stupid money that, that Dortmund would say, okay, have him. Because I think um, for getting Sancho out of Dortmund, you'll have to spend stupid money, like mm. stupid money, mm -hmm. like yeah. 100 till 150 till 200 million at least. Um, so I think that's not going to happen. And But, yeah, definitely they, they, they need to sort out the defensive struggle, don't they? And... Um, I don't know if I'd be a world class defender I wouldn't go to United no, if you're a Varane or Koulibaly again why would you yeah. why the would only you thing with Varane that I could think of is that I suppose that kind of the reports in Spain are that he's literally has done it all mm. at Real Madrid there's no mountains almost left for him to conquer maybe you're 25 you've won yeah. like he literally has won everything World Cup international level and club level maybe he sees it as the chance that it's, it's a big challenge for him personally but Man United haven't got Champions League football. Yeah. Why would you? He hasn't won the Europa League. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take yeah. that one off the list. <laughs> I think well, these kind of players they have to go for like the willingness to sort of like restart your not your career but go somewhere else like be part of like a restart. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, those those players that Man United will have to target. But if you don't have the guy, you know, in charge of the club, who's but, actually, but they're in a, they're in a position now where they might want Brown and they might want Koulibaly, but because of where they are and how much of a mess they're in, they're gonna have to go for like a Harry Maguire, which is like that's say, probably not even the level below a level yeah. below that probably, mm -hmm. and the hope that proper coaching is gonna make him a better player, and that's just hiding to nothing, really, isn't it? Yeah. If you want to be at the absolute top table, that's you, you're yeah that's going to be really hard <laughs> yeah well the, the other thing they're going to have to do if you know if, if they want to buy a player and a, a Champions League club comes in for them they're going to struggle unless they pay big money well yeah exactly which yeah. they've done with a few players which brings me on to my next question are they going to have trouble shifting some of the players that they've got this summer because you know Alexis Sanchez is on what 400k a week yeah. or something ridiculous like that who's going to take him you know yeah. who's going to take um, Lukaku and why would he leave why would he leave <clears throat> well yeah exactly he, he yeah. doesn't seem to be complaining a lot these no. days about him not getting any time on the pitch so I mean for that money I'd be mm. happily doing that my, my, <laughs> I mean the absolute I mean what the, uh, it's just crazy the situation that they've got themselves in where the three players that theoretically they would want to keep out of everyone are De Gea Pogba and Rashford but because of their contract situations that they've been allowed to run down they're the three players that theoretically are the ones that are looking to leave and could yeah. leave for like not and then the players that they want to get rid of are the ones that are on stupid contracts that they've just signed for six years you know like Jones and Smallin have just signed new long term contracts and they're the ones that they should be getting rid of it's just like completely backwards and makes absolutely <laughs> no sense but that's just that's just what Man United are now yeah. so, speaking of Alexis Sanchez did you see his touch map from the game last night <laughs> no. I think he came on with 12 <laughs> minutes to go something like that and he touched the ball once <laughs> in the middle of the pitch like yeah it's a lot of money for <laughs> one touch in the <laughs> yeah, yeah. some mathematician out there work out how much that touch cost yeah, tonight yeah. Uh, well moving on to the game I mean United were better uh, against City than they were against Everton yeah uh, particularly in the first half they were they were alright uh, second half pretty lacklustre were you surprised at all by I by was dip because I mean I was really nervous about this game even at half time I was just I just couldn't envisage City winning the game I thought in the first half City were as not bad but as sloppy as I've seen them mm. in a long time they didn't sort of they didn't seem to control the midfield like I thought they would yeah. but then yeah immediately after half time I don't know it just Man United just didn't seem to come out I don't know whether I know Solskjaer has complained recently about their fitness levels and you know they didn't these been I think that's a bit of a slide dig at Mourinho to be yeah. honest but yeah they just looked they did look knackered didn't they they didn't really seem to have the legs but then you know you've got like Fred giving away that ball for the second goal mm -hmm. and just really stupid mistakes Luke Shaw not closing down his man for the, for the first goal I just City are a better team and I think they just won their individual battles really mm -hmm. and they never looked like they wouldn't win um, 
I mean, you're obviously a City fan, so you're a bit more nervy than me mm-hmm. than most do, and all of us. But I just, I never, at no point in that game did I think City wouldn't win it. To be perfectly honest, yeah. and I think that showed. So yeah, the first goal really sort of killed their enthusiasm. Yeah. I think didn't it? Yeah. You see the um, the second goal. There was sort of that still image where um, <laughs> yeah. the defenders were vertical. Very very bad. Um, we talked about David De Gea on the podcast last week. Do you think he could have done better? Well, certainly with the second goal, the yeah. first goal as well, I thought was not great from him. I think Bernardo Silva's taken it early, which doesn't help him. Mm. And it's gone through, was it Shaw's? Yeah, it was Shaw's legs, yeah. wasn't it? Um, so I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that. I, yeah, but it's the second goal, isn't it? David, uh, David had never, that never used to happen to him. Mm-hmm. His positioning was wrong. He got caught out with an early shot. It just, he is, uh, him... Pogba they just don't look like they want to be there and it just shows with their performances on the pitch and I think they're at a point where if they don't want to be there then you've just got to get rid of them it doesn't matter how good they are they're not going to be turned now their enthusiasm isn't going to change I think you've just got to bite the bullet and accept that they don't want to be there and get rid of him yep. really from becoming the, the arguably the world's best keeper last season um, to these big slips and, and, and two big games for, for Man United I think that I don't want to say it's proof that he doesn't want to be there but like it, it definitely looks like that he's got in his mind he's got other plans and um, yeah it brings us back to, to the position like who wants to play for Man United these days um, mm-hmm. big players certainly don't want to yeah it's going to be a big deal for them or like a huge task to turn that around yeah that's a headache as well that you couldn't really do with it that's the one position you think even though he only has a year left you should be keeping hold yeah. of David De Gea if he's going to go in the summer as well oh. I could see a situation where Real Madrid come in for him yeah. and they try and get rid of Courtois <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad swap, him. really, if you're going to... No, I, mean, I Courtois, think... I've not been hugely impressed with him at Real Madrid. No, but. he hasn't been great, but if he should, if he performs like he did at Chelsea at Man United, I don't think that's too... They're probably of similar levels, aren't mm-hmm. they? They're absolute best. But yeah, like I said, if if he wants to go there, so I think you've just got to get rid of him now. Manu, yeah. Manu Noya might be available in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> he actually might be yeah. laughing at this, but you know, Bayern is targeting Schalke's new um, wonder goalkeeper, Alexander Nubel, his name. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think he's got some sort of release clause that Bayern might trigger either this um, summer but or that next would, summer. And, and that would be absolutely classic, Man United. Yeah, right? yeah. Go in for like a big name. Get Boateng as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I can absolutely see that happening. Definitely. <laughs> big names. <laughs> big yeah, money. I saw that um, Sven Ulreich, the Bayern number two goalkeeper, sort of saying, why would Nubel come here and sit on the bench? It's like, yeah, we know you're, you, you're worried about your position, <laughs> yeah. Sven. <laughs> I think, um, was it Ulreich actually who said, like someone said, I think it was Ulreich, it wouldn't be better for him um, to train with Neuer for mm. a year um, not sure that I agree because um, <laughs> surely there is a better goalkeeper um, um, managers than yeah. Manu and Neuer um, but yeah anyway <laughs> uh, we'll talk about City a bit now shall we um, anyone in particular stood out their performances for you last night that you were impressed with I think David Silva did really well I did yeah yeah very very well I thought before the game I said to my mates we need David Silva tonight to yeah. step up because he's not been great lately and I thought he was brilliant yeah, yeah. he was class um, and Sane really changed the game when mm. he came on didn't yeah. he yeah well that Fernandinho um, going off injured mm. I think was the game changing moment really yeah because you know there was a point around the middle of the season when it looked like City couldn't cope without Fernandinho at all yeah. um, he went off Gundogan I think really, yeah, really filled really in well, well for him and then City changed shape and, and it was it was good yeah I saw after the game that Guardiola made a beeline for Sane straight mm. away and sort of made a real point of praising him and I think he said that this is Guardiola said that he knows he can be really harsh on Sane but that's only because he knows how good he can Mm -hmm. be but and I think he hasn't I read that he hasn't started like a big game theoretical big game since the Liverpool one in January right Um, and that includes all the Champions League games and he scored the winning goal in yeah and he hasn't hasn't started so Guardiola's obviously seen Mm -hmm. something behind the scenes that he doesn't particularly like but if Sonny can keep doing that on the yeah. bench then Guardiola the only manager in the world who wouldn't start him every game like, <laughs> it's I would. such a nice luxury to have isn't it that if yeah. he doesn't play yeah. well we've got and also he's like Sterling's been brilliant and Bernardo Bernardo Silva plays yeah. so yeah, yeah. well on that left wing and if you're starting Sane you've got to bring 
Bernardo Silva back into that yeah, midfield three, which if you want to like really take control of the midfield, yeah. then yeah. So yeah, like you say, it's an amazing luxury to have and mm. it really is. My last question on the derby is, uh, you know, the days are getting longer now, the nights are getting warmer. Is Pep finally going to ditch that fucking awful derby? <laughs> Sick of it. It <laughs> ruins the season for me. I don't, it's, it's, whatever we it's win, that's ruined for the him, though, <laughs> Maybe he, has, he probably hasn't even washed it. It's just his lucky charm for the last, what, 18 of... Isn't his wife games? dressing him? It must be uh, like a friend's <laughs> brand or something. I think oh, it probably it's awful. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it is terrible. Come on. <laughs> well, uh, Key and Gavin has emailed in to say, I've just finished watching the Manchester derby. Does that mean Liverpool now can't win the league? I mean, it does feel to me like City overcame a very big hurdle last night. They've still got three games to go. Can you see them dropping points against Burnley, Leicester or Brighton? I can. I said this to you last night. I mm. really, really think the away game at Burnley... It, uh, maybe it's changed now that Burnley are I mean they're not I think they're on 40 points so they are mm. theoretic, not mathematically but theoretically safe that might change things but Man City have really struggled away at Burnley in recent seasons there was that game last year where they drew and mm-hmm. Sterling missed from like a yard out yeah. and went crazy afterwards or Guardiola went crazy afterwards I don't know I've just got a feeling it's no more mm. than that but I just yeah I, I can really see them maybe dropping points it's not that one for me it's the uh is it Leicester at home mm. yeah Brendan Rodgers hand in Liverpool a league title <laughs> Rodgers yeah. revenge yeah. revenge yeah. 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 I think that that Leicester game so Liverpool uh, Liverpool play on the Saturday against Newcastle mm-hmm. and then City play on the Monday so if, ever, if they both win their, the rest of their games City will be playing catch up for the in terms of you know mm-hmm. getting level on games which is which psychologically Not is ideal, is very di- is very different to sort of leading. So I think that could be yeah that could be really interesting. That yeah that would make that Leicester game really really interesting with the Rogers subplot as yeah. well. So I've got a horrible feeling that um, we could have like a reverse Aguero done to us on the last day of the season. <laughs> <this year. laughs> Just like, yeah, that's another anxiety dream I've been having. That's an anxiety daydream though. <laughs> there have been times this week when I've had to like like I've had to like put something on TV to take my mind off the title race. I remember a week ago like we sat here and we, Dan Burke was really worried about this week might kill him in Champions League and uh, the Spurs game uh, this weekend and uh, now the, the, the derby but um, he looks he looks Still alive <laughs> just about just about uh, well Liverpool got Huddersfield Newcastle and Wolves do you think they're going to drop any points I don't think. I can't I mean, really bank in the bank already yeah Huddersfield point, are terrible Newcastle with Rafa in charge is he going to really want to take points off them is that a thing though no is he, probably is not is he going to say to his players come on no lads. of course no, but it's, it's, sounds it's good, just an interesting yeah. like little yeah. subplot and then Wolves their captain's Connor Cody who used to be a season ticket holder at Liverpool yeah. so. oh, he's re- you're really reaching for them all now <laughs> I mean, Newcastle are going to be safe aren't they from relegation yeah Wolves, Wolves are obviously camp. going to be on the yeah. beach on Anfield in the last day so I yeah, I can't see Liverpool dropping points. Could the Champions League be a distraction for Liverpool? That's that is the one that is the big one. Thing that I'm hoping those are for. two massive games that they have, and those games, whatever way they go, they'll take a lot out of you because you know they can hurt Barcelona. They can they could really beat them. You know, they have a, a good chance if they play that their high intensity and press Barcelona at the back. They'll obviously they're shakier than usual at mm. the back. So you could see Liverpool putting a lot into those games it taking a lot out of them that is a big factor that maybe City seems very less unlike, in disguise the sorry. Spurs game you never seems, know seems very unlike club teams that, that um, that's going to be a distraction for him um, but I imagine they've got Huddersfield on Friday yeah so they could afford to rest a few that would be yeah, that one, I'd be they? very surprised because like Salah's in New York at the moment isn't he at that time most influential mm. gala thing so he obviously won't play imagine a few others then they go to Barcelona on the Wednesday and then it's Newcastle on the Saturday. So Wednesday, doing Wednesday, Saturday is quite tough. And especially if it's a really like physically intense game and, you know, mentally it will take a lot out of the defence to try and get hold of Messi. Mm. But I don't know. I just can't really... Liverpool have been too good recently. I can't really see them. Can't really see anywhere in those remaining league games where they would drop points. Yeah. 
So let's say both teams win all of their games. City win the league with 98 points. Liverpool finish on 97 points. What does that say about Liverpool's season? Do you think it's it's, it's going to be so unfortunate? It says that they would deserve to win the title, but at the end right. of the day, like I think you you just need to live with the fact that there was one team that was even better. Mm-hmm. So those few those few millimeters that they had when Mane had his shot mm-hmm. cleared off the line, that could those millimeters would stop them being undefeated and being centurions. Yeah. And winning the league. But the fact that you'd have to go undefeated and reach 100 points just to beat this Man City team. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. It It is absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, I think Guardiola said it last night. Both teams deserve to win the league. They've both been amazing. Yeah, they've lost one game all season. They still might not win. The the, the flip side of that question is, let's say City end up with 96 points and don't win the league. Mm. I mean, they've got 196 points in two seasons. seasons, But it's going to be sort of it's going to be looked at as a bit of a failure isn't it whereas if Liverpool don't win the league I think people will say well what a valiant effort it was you know both teams deserve to win it I feel like if City don't win it then people are going to sort of look at that a bit that's, that's what they're going to do but that's going to be like you know the usual public opinion mm-hmm. that the media will pick up on it they will say oh Pep like what has he done wrong uh, in a nutshell nothing like mm-hmm. if you pick up 190 points over two seasons <laughs> like you've done a lot of things right <laughs> and I don't think that whoever wins it and whoever finished second um, neither of them like gonna or will have failed because mm-hmm. like I can't see that if you know a bit about football and you know like what an impressive season both teams played and you just have to stand there and clap and um, like any sort of criticism there would be just like the most inappropriate thing mm-hmm. like you could do I can really see City winning the league Liverpool winning the Champions League and both sets of fans <laughs> being like a little bit I don't know yeah. just be so, such an odd dynamic won't it? Not, neither truly happy because the one that they really wanted has gone to the other team that's a compromise I would bite your head off for right now to be honest with you they could have like a, a joint parade where they go yeah. like from Manchester to Liverpool yeah, just a, pass Old Trafford yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean you know there, there was talk last season about um our City the greatest Premier League team ever our Liverpool one of the greatest Premier League teams ever having done what they've done this season I mean I can't really think of many other teams in Premier League history that play the sort of game that Liverpool do to be perfectly honest Mm -hmm. how do you define what the best is I don't know I feel like you should win a title to really be considered Mm. but I just think that they're such a complete team and that with that Van Dijk signing at the start of the season they've just not transformed but really like evolved into there's no area of weakness now where you know the goalkeeper the centre backs the full backs the midfield but the, the midfield was an issue it's for a little bit but Klopp seems to have found where he's sort of put Henderson into that number 8 mm-hmm. role rather than the base of the midfield that really seems to have like clicked everything into gear now and then the front three are just so consistent I'd be interested to I'd be interested to see whether it can continue into next season. Uh, I know there's a few. I don't know how true they are, but there's rumours that Salah's fallen out with Klopp. And that's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I just I'd be interested to see if they can keep it going. They're so, they're what have like, they fallen out about if they've fallen out like the guy plays every week, scores every week. The winner, yeah, I don't what know. Is, what, how could they be? I don't yeah. know, but. I know it's a bit of a cliche but it's cliche because it's true they're such an emotional team and an emotional club mm-hmm. if they don't win anything this year is it really going to like swipe their legs from under them for next season can they pick yeah, themselves up how do you come back can they that? pick themselves yeah. up again and, I think and people keep, keep forgetting that you know like great teams they, sometimes they grow over a couple of years mm-hmm. um, like I remember Bayern Munich like a few years ago I mean they reached um, the Champions League semi-final every, every season um, it's like obviously it's a bit easier to win the Bundesliga title than than, than the Premier League but um, if they if they get out of the season with no silverware at all like they still played a very very good season like um, the achievement in the Premier League is set amazing reaching um, a Champions League semi-final like can't argue with that it's a great achievement as well um, maybe there is something they lack and like speaking of the greatest or one of the greatest teams the, the, the Premier League has ever seen like um, they still have Jordan Henderson and James Milner in their squad mm-hmm. and like by, by any means like they might be decent players but are they world class and you know um, I, I think like what they've done considering with the material they worked with is quite frankly yeah pretty pretty amazing yeah, I think agreed. yeah agreed very very impressed with them uh, you mentioned Virgil van Dijk there Alex we mm-hmm. now know it's been announced this morning that he is the PFA player of the year players player of the year 
fair decision, Patrick, would you say? Yeah, I think you could argue the toss and it probably could and should come down to <coughs> between him and Sterling who the Premier League champion is but I think you can argue the toss one way or the other and you couldn't have too many complaints about either one of them mm. Van Dijk or, or Raheem Sterling it, it just shows again why I don't see why they can't wait wait until the season's played out I know that the voting is even done insanely early I'm sure we'll come on to that with the team of the year and how mm. that's maybe affected an inclusion or two in there but it, for me it should come down to the the Premier League winner and either of them yeah I, I quite obviously him, him uh, Van Dijk and Sterling have both been amazing both worthy winners I quite like the fact that defenders won it mm, I yeah, feel like absolutely. defenders yeah. should get praised more, more yeah, often yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I quite like, and it's so obvious that Van Dijk has made that team click mm-hmm that it's quite nice that he is getting recognition but yeah I mean you could flip a coin between him and Sterling which it would be the right yeah. the only thing you can almost think of is that if you took Sterling out of City you can have Sani that slots in maybe and he's maybe not as good but he you're maybe not going to miss Sterling as much. You take Van Dijk out of that yeah. Liverpool team. He's made them a vastly said. better team. Yeah, yeah. there's, yeah. No, there's yeah. probably yeah. no title challenge without Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it would have for me. I mean, I love Sterling, but if he'd won the PFA Player of the Year and City don't win the league, that would have felt a bit weird to me. Whereas yeah. if Van Dijk, well, Van Dijk has won it, but if Liverpool don't win the league, it, that doesn't feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know I still think he's just been such a colossus. And yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> well, we'll come on to the PFA Team of the Year now. <laughs> uh, that's also been announced this morning. So it's Edison, Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk, Laporte, Robertson, Fernandinho, Bernardo Silva, Paul Pogba. How on earth? <laughs> Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero and Sadio Mane. Alex, you said you have a theory well, on why Paul yeah. Pogba has somehow made it into this team. So the voting for this is done at the start of March or the end of February. It's really early. Yeah, end of February, that, I think it is. And yeah. that was the point just post-Mourinho where Pogba was Man United's best player. And they'd gone on that amazing run, and I think he'd scored like he'd yeah he'd scored like six ten goals. goals. Yeah, he had his purple patch then. Yeah. So there was obviously a bit of like recency bias with the mm. players, and yeah, like I say, it was the end of February when they voted for it. So that's why I think the, that he's got in the team. But yeah, when you consider the overall season, it's a complete joke that mm. he's in there. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I mean, Eden Hazard was nominated for the. Um, for the main award mm. but he's not made it into the team of the season he's got yeah, incredibly that seems strange that, yeah. uh, he's been without him Chelsea wouldn't be anywhere near the top four mm. I don't think which seems a bit odd I'd have quite liked to have seen Son in there although I appreciate that that is he's been on a brilliant run of form towards the end of the season recency yeah. bias yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and he's and he was away for a lot wasn't he with the Asian yeah. game so as it, the rest of the team apart from Pogba is I mean it, I've got no complaints with anyone really uh, the only one I could think is I don't know maybe I'm being just wanting to see a, an Irish guy in there as well but I thought like Matt Doherty off Wolves he could have maybe had a kick I thought a Wolves player could have had mm. made a good kick I would have, I would have gone for Neves yeah, yeah or, or, or Martino over Pogba yeah. really I was a bit surprised that Edison got in the team ahead of Allison because yeah. yeah. when I saw it it was like they, they really crap the graphics that the PFA put on there today, <laughs> yeah. by the way and I sort of was not really looking at it I thought oh, I guess that's Allison and then later someone said no it's Edison that's in yeah. the team I mean yeah. I think he's been brilliant but it just surprises me that he's yeah. he, seems yeah, to look, he sort of slips under the radar a little bit sometimes they're both They've both been brilliant now, haven't they? Mm. Really have. Both creatures. Uh, well, the race for the, the top four in the Premier League goes on. Um, I didn't watch the Arsenal game last night. Did anyone see any of it? About, by all means, they were pretty dreadful again. I saw the goals, but yeah, they didn't. But, that, but And I know Arsenal aren't very... They've not been great. But we should say something about Wolves, really. And mm. their record against the top six this season has been absolutely sensational. I think if they can... They're, they're a weird team in that they don't like having the ball so when they play against better teams they their results are much better whereas against the lower league they've like lost twice to Huddersfield this season so if they can oh yeah that's right so if they can improve that aspect of their game over the summer and get better on the ball I can genuinely see them breaking up the top six next yeah. year because even against Brighton last weekend they had Brighton sat in and said to Wolves okay come come break us down and Wolves they didn't really have an answer for that and so teams will it. teams will know that now and yeah. know for next season that that's how you stop Wolves but if they can and I would back Nuno to make them better in that that respect 
I think if they can, then they can genuinely push for the top six yeah, for them. That's really what so, they yeah. say. Don't it? The second year is always harder, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Is it doable for them this season? Do you know? <laughs> no, they're on like six. No, they're on. Uh, no, no, no. I don't think it's probably should have chat that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Uh, so who, who's? I mean, City and Liverpool are obviously going to be in the Champions League next season. Spurs more than likely will be. Who would get that fourth spot if you were putting money until on yesterday? I would have said Arsenal, but. Um, Chelsea don't want it United Hill. certainly don't want it do they yeah. so it's well they play like each other Chelsea as well at the weekend don't that's they that's right so yeah very true yeah shoot out there Chelsea have got I would say they've got a harder running they've got United away they've got Watford who are much better this season um, and then they go away to Leicester on the last day of the season and Arsenal and I wouldn't. I just wouldn't Leicester. back Chelsea to get anything at Leicester away. To be perfectly honest, whereas Arsenal have got they've got Leicester away this week, Burnley uh, away, yeah, then Brighton at home, then Burnley away. So it's going to be a toss up. To, I can't see Man United doing it. To be honest, it's going to be a toss up between those two. I would just go for Arsenal possibly, mm. but then if Arsenal are focusing on the Europa, I suppose they're both in the Europa League. But mm. if Arsenal get to the Europa League final and they can get Didn't Champions League that Chelsea way, there. yeah. Um, I say it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Potentially between, the, well, will be between those two going into the final day, and then they could play each other in the Europa League final. That's yeah. essentially a playoff, <laughs> yeah, the Champions yeah, yeah. League in itself. It could be, yeah. <laughs> but I, I personally would back Arsenal still. I think, despite their defeat last night. So, if an English team wins the Europa League, they get an extra place yeah. in the Champions League. So there'll be five teams, yeah, yeah? exactly. Yeah. So they wouldn't just be the top three. So they would still be. There would be five English yeah. teams, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, down at the bottom, still one relegation place in the Premier League to be decided. Who's your money on that? Uh, Padraig, would you say? I think Brighton did enough last weekend. They, as I mentioned earlier, with the, the draw at Wolves, I think they've pretty much sought out. Um, they got a tough run, Brighton, though. I think they got Chelsea uh, still to play. They got City on the last day of the season. They've got yeah, Arsenal. The, the, yeah, the runs. Like, yeah, I just think no. they've, they've almost they've got the points in the bag now. And at this stage of the season, when you're playing catch up and you're trying to to overtake them I think it's almost tougher than and who knows you know they, they, there's no guarantee that Brighton won't pick something up I mean they can't score goals <laughs> I think that, that's a big problem but they, you know I don't think anyone's going to have it easy against them in the last few games either so Brighton they've got them. Newcastle at home this weekend which is going to be absolutely vital for them mm-hmm. and it's Cardiff have got game. Fulham which is also I saw a very good tweet I've, apologies to whoever it was but they said um, Fulham are like the loose horse at the Grand National yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just careering out of control and getting in they're out there they're going to take Whoever that was. Well, there's uh, there's still plenty to play for at the top of the championship. Toby, you're a, a Leeds enthusiast. What the <laughs> hell has gone wrong with Leeds recently? The Elsa burnout is is that what this is? Or um, I, I watched the, um, the the game on Monday at Brentford and oh god, I don't know what, I, what I'm supposed to say. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's coming all back. Leeds are falling apart again, aren't they? <laughs> um, to be fair, I think they play well, but. Um, for the past few games every time they're in defence the opponent look like they will score and um, I don't think it's it's down to, to tactics anymore um, I think it's, it's purely mindset thing and um, we all know Bielsa is a great manager we all know what, what he can, can do mm-hmm. in the locker room what he can do on the on the training pitch um, the way he knows how to, to set up his, his teams um, brilliantly done but now he has to prove that he can also be you know that, that motivator like can he spark that fire mm-hmm. um, to get leads um, well most likely through the playoffs um, from what looked like um, a certain yeah. direct promotion mm-hmm. uh, that's not going to happen now I guess um, but yeah they, they still look like one of the better on a good day the best team in the championship um, but we all know it's a long and, and hard mm-hmm. and tough season like individually maybe they aren't as good as other teams up there um, bit of un- got a bit unlucky with injuries like in the second half well, Kimar Reef's coming back now isn't he which um, be, yeah he's back already viable. but um, Alioski now is out for the rest of the season which is which is a bummer at yeah. the end of the day like if you if you look at, at Leeds season I think they picked up something between 21 and 25 points um, from being behind all over the season mm-hmm. and I think um, that's quite impressive and um, I think that tells you that, that um, the the squad invested a lot there was a lot of energy and it was a physical very hard season 
um, they just have to yeah try and manage this for like at least five more games it looks now um, or at least four and potentially the big final at Wembley yeah um, so it's all about momentum isn't it now yeah and it's the, the worst the worst time of the season like to crumble like look at Villa like looks like if we play playoffs we play Derby first which is good for our momentum because you know with all the Spygate thing going on that's yeah well it's, it's <laughs> the Elsa versus Lampard yeah yeah like Leeds players gonna love it like um, and that that's gonna you know be the extra motivation you need but then you play Villa potentially in the final um, who have won 10 games who, on the now that, that's yeah, the thing 10, with the playoffs 11, so there's no guarantee like Villa win 10 games they could win 11 oh yeah 12, it's a big gamble obviously and yeah but, you yeah. go into the playoffs they might lose both their games it's yeah. That is true, um, but yeah, the, the momentum. Leeds play Villa Leeds. this weekend. They play yeah, Villa they at home this weekend, yeah. and then Ipswich away on the last game. And Sheffield, Sheffield United playing Ipswich at home, and, and then Stoke, then Stoke away. A Stoke Ipswich are relegated already, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they are yeah. relegated already. Um, yeah, got, I know people are saying about like Bielsa burnout and all that sort of stuff, but Leeds wouldn't be in this position without Bielsa. Yeah, yeah. So I think they've got to trust in what he does and how he does it, and then see what happens at the end of the season it will be difficult and it is the worst time to have this sort of run mm. but I think they're definitely getting the playoffs that's without doubt it's just uh, yeah, you almost need to have like a clean yeah. break forget about the rest of the season and then just treat those three matches yeah. as like yeah. three finals I mean personally I'm looking forward to it like playoffs are amazing there's um, the excitement that comes along with it it's, it's fantastic it's nerve-wracking but um, yeah can't no, imagine not, Dan if City were in some kind of playoffs <laughs> well, I, don't think that really to, there, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's got ever going to happen again at least see City um, <laughs> being in a championship but um, yeah well I mean it's going to be playoffs I can't see um, Sheffield would have to lose one game and then only get a point I think Bielsa's Bielsa. pretty much sad already hasn't yeah, he like, settled for yeah so, um, so I think it's very unlikely the, so the direct promotion is off the table and then yeah playoffs I think Podrick like, pretty much nailed it it is a gamble at the end of the day isn't it uh, well one side who uh, almost certainly will be back in the Premier League next season is Daniel Farks Norwich uh, how impressed with have you been with them Alex yeah, can you see them adapting well to the Premier League that style of play that I mean, sort of Barcelona of the championship people have been saying <laughs> aren't they um, I, I saw that their chief executive came out yesterday and said we're not going to do a Fulham and completely break up the squad and try to <coughs> buy mm-hmm. you know Premier League quality in inverted commas um, which is a good thing because they do play similar football to how Fulham did at the end of last season but they, they but you don't want that core group to be broken up you know, like Fulham, Fulham did in the summer and it just completely blew up in their face they're, but they're the best team in the championship by, by a long long way yeah. every, I've watched them a few times and every single game I've seen them they've just controlled it I think it's so impressive what Daniel Fark did there um, for the fact um, the, the players um, who are like in his starting 11 like um, Zimmermann Trübel like he all bought them from the second Bundesliga yeah. from teams by then where like sort of midfield teams and even Ornel Hernandez has been like yeah. amazing and, and what has he done with these players um, interesting interesting stuff they've had a bit of a wobble like four draws in a row but I think you can forgive them that for the how yeah. far they got out ahead yeah, and yeah. they've probably taken the foot off the gas a little bit but yeah I just hope they like I said they keep that core squad together and try and do what they're doing in the championship I, in the Premier I would say I think they'd need someone up front I don't know if Timo Pukki has he's got not going to have another yeah, season he's, like he's been very good this season in the championship but I don't know that he's he's your man to kind of he, he couldn't swing it for Schalke in the Bundesliga. He couldn't um, swing it. He could, the SPL. He <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, no, it's got Blackburn at home this weekend, so you'd imagine they're probably going to seal promotion. Yeah, there, you would have thought so. Yeah. So, I mean, the the sort of clubs that could still be joining them is Sheffield United, Leeds, West Brom, Aston Villa, Derby, Middlesbrough, potentially even Bristol City. Who would you like to see come up? into the Premier League out of those lot. I mean Leeds obviously for you Toby is the one I would like to see because I just Bielsa in the Premier League would just be Absolutely, box yeah. office wouldn't it but if not Leeds then I would quite like Villa to be back I think yeah. I like Dean Smith I think he's a really good manager they've got a really I know they've spent a lot of money but they've got a really good squad they score a lot of goals they're quite they're really exciting to watch and they're a massive club aren't they mm-hmm. they're absolutely huge they deserve to be in the Premier League so there's a great pub near Villa Park so I'll, I'll <laughs> that being back in the Premier League yeah yeah, I, yeah Leeds or Villa for me but 
I, I mean, any of them really. They're all. There's so many. There's so many big Alex. clubs in the Premier League, aren't there? They had the Tony Pulis. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely not. Actually. Yeah. Sorry, Middlesbrough. Even Bristol City. I like Lee Johnson. I think yeah. he's a really yeah. good up-and-coming young manager. I've, I mean, having Frank Lampard as a manager in the Premier League would be great as well. So. Yeah, anyone really. I just the playoffs are great. Aren't you they? can't lose. No, the playoffs are just absolutely quality. I love them. Yeah. Absolutely love them. Well, moving away from Britain for a moment, we'll be back later. Don't you worry, uh, Toby. We've got a pretty fascinating title race in the Bundesliga for a change. I remember you saying at the start of the season that you were sort of hoping that Dortmund might make things interesting. So you must be pretty happy with the way. I am pretty happy with really. my prediction as well. Um, I, I told a lot of people to put their money on Dortmund, and some of them actually have. Um, Will you be paying them back then? When that's the question. If Bayern wins yeah. it, like, am I in trouble? Yeah. Um, they all know where I live. Um, you gave them a run for the money at least. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's abs- absolutely fascinating, and. Um, I'm not sure whether I, I want to all come down to the last match day because it's pretty nerve-wracking. But um, I think Bundesliga fans have been waiting for something like this mm. for for I don't know how many. Do you remember years. when that last happened? Yeah, that it's been that that close to the wire in the Bundesliga. I really don't actually. I yeah. don't remember. It must ten years probably. Yeah. I don't know. Like I mean, this will be Bayern's like if they win it um, seventh title in a row and pretty much the the five or six before that they they won comfortably. Um, yeah, but the, the the rest of the season it's it's going to be very very interesting, especially with the fixtures um, coming up. Dortmund's playing the derby um, this weekend. Schalke, yeah, yeah. Then they have to travel to Bremen, who still might be playing for Europe, uh, yeah, for the Europa League. Um, and then they have Gladbach away Oof. on the last match day, who also still going to be um, play for the Euro League, and. Um, Bayern have it a bit easier saying that I think it's um, Nuremberg at home this yeah. weekend um, then they have Leipzig, Leipzig away and then they have Eintracht Frankfurt yeah. at home and the, the I mean Leipzig I think by then will be safe for the Champions League so that's going to be okay but Frankfurt um, lost at home to Augsburg two weeks ago and only drew in Wolfsburg um, which I thought pff, shit like because well they probably need those three points at the, the last match day so it could be very very interesting and um, yeah but like we said with Arsenal and Chelsea are Frankfurt likely if they get to the Europa League final are they going to be focusing all their attentions on that towards the end of the season or? see and that, that that's, the, that's the thing because they, they want to go to Champions League they want to play Champions League football and um, I think now the chances are as good as they ever will be um, probably very likely that um, you know Gladbach and Leverkusen will um, stock up on their squad for next season so it's not going to get easier for sure um, yeah I don't know like I, I don't think they actually said oh we'll focus on the EuroLeague um, obviously they want to win it but they also want to play Champions League football next yeah. season and um yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Like, I'm just looking forward to it. <laughs> well, Bayern are in the uh, DFB Pokal final now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, they've done it. <laughs> got, got a little bit lucky last night. Did they talk us through that penalty incident? Um, so we'll talk us through the game, actually. So, firstly, Bayern were 2 0 up, weren't they? And then, yeah, and then uh, Bremen scored like two goals within two minutes. 70 seconds, I believe it was, actually. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And um, it was an open game from then on. And then. Um, Bayern got a penalty awarded. Um, Gabriel Solasi f- allegedly fouled. I think awarded Coleman. is the key. The key word. <laughs> awarded, yeah, yeah, is the key word. I was like this, reward <laughs> this morning, like on 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 WhatsApp and, and Slack. I was like fooling people, saying, "Oh, come on, that was an obvious penalty," and they mm. were not having it. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there. I mean, like it looks a bit silly from Gabriel Solasi, and as soon as he sort of gets his right hand across his body and like gives Coman a little push. Like surely he's gonna f- fall down, um, but pff, not enough for a penalty. So Bayern got very lucky there, but I think at the end they would have won it anyway. So um, mm. maybe an extra time. Um, fair play to Bremen; they've done well. It was a great cup night. I think uh, it was a great game as well. Like very pacey, end-to-end stuff. Um, absolutely enjoyable to watch. Um, but yeah, Bayern is so often they just got lucky with the referee and um, yeah shame the game had to be decided that way but you know it is what it is and um, can't re- reverse it afterwards can we so we have to live with it and play Leipzig of all the teams in the cup final in the final yeah in, in Berlin looking forward to that should be a good one um, is this still some sort of question marks about Nico Kovac's future we finished the podcast last week uh, went for lunch Francesco had a <laughs> notification on his phone to say that Antonio Conte was apparently saying on Italian TV yeah, that he's so- going 
going the, to buy the, in the, the summer. The story, I think, is that um, Conti was on Sky Sports in Italy and then sort of the cameras switched off, but the microphones didn't. Um, so you couldn't hear it publicly, but Conti apparently said that he's agreed a deal with Bayern. I think that's what Francesco told us. Um, like, why would you swap one shitty manager for another? Like, mm. I mean, like, Conti wouldn't be any improvement to, to Kovac. Like, Kovac is good for developing young squads he's done that with Frankfurt like very good job but he's lacking the sort of tactical understanding you know that's what you need for f to become a great manager and um, to eventually win the Champions League um, and that he hasn't got and he's proven that so many times this season like especially in big games where he sets up his team very nicely but you know half time comes the opponent manager reacts and Kovac has no answers mm. to that no isn't Conte. that almost the exact opposite of what Conte is so Conte is great tactically and can switch things in game but he's, his man management isn't great he yeah. falls out with all his top players so are the Bayern hierarchy thinking we need you know like I, throwing I, the baby out with the bathwater and just going the complete opposite <laughs> direction to try and I, I think you need that man management more than anything else next season because like you know Bayern like they will buy more players like um, and the, the, the few players will leave so the, the squad is going to look totally different and you know you need someone who brings that together all the little um, bits and pieces and for that I'm sure Kovac is the right man he, I know he can do it and he's doing that well as he has this season already um, even with the older more experienced players like Ribéry and, and Robin when they were, weren't injured and, and they didn't play um, like he sort of moderated that um, quite nicely I thought he's doing that well but when it comes to tactic like um, yeah he's, he's either got to learn it but not sure whether he can like really don't know um, or yeah get someone who can do both they'll like, give him one more season won't they yeah yeah they will they will but um like it all depends a bit on, on the success in the Champions League because Bayern will always do well in the Bundesliga because they have that individual quality um, you don't probably need a fantastic manager to actually um, get yeah. results in there but yeah in, in Europe it's a bit different and um yeah, I personally would like to see um, Eric Ten Hag again at Bayern because he mm, used yeah, to coach in the in the in the AK for the academy, um, but maybe a bit too early. So like, keep Kovac on, and you know, in a year's time, he probably deserves another season. At he least, he does that. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like um, he lost to Liverpool in in the Champions League. No shame in that. Mm -hmm. um, you can't win the Bundesliga title every season. Like you can't like winning it seven times in a row. That'd be. Pfft. I don't know, boring, wouldn't it, for us at least? <laughs> and he's in the cup final, so like he's 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 on a good way. I think um, considering the the age of the squad, like Bayern did still very well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, like you said, Toby, as well, European success is big for Bayern and Conte. For whatever reason, he's never quite did it at Juve, Chelsea. European competition never yeah. seems. Yeah. No, I don't well, want Antonio so. Conte. Like um, yeah. Italian managers. <laughs> History has shown um, I'm never, never doing well at Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, elsewhere in Europe, Juventus and PSG both clinched their respective league titles this weekend. That's now eight in a row for Juve. PSG have won seven, uh, sorry, six of the last seven league earned titles. Bayern will make it seven in a row, seven in a row if they win the Bundesliga. Do you think there's a bit of a sort of crisis in terms of competitiveness in these leagues, or, or has that always been a bit of a problem? Is it a new thing that I don't think? Uh, just I think it is a new. I think it is a new thing to this extent. You've always had. You know, Man United would win the Premier League. They've won it like three times in a row mm. back in the mid two thousands or whatever. But and Liverpool, you know, in the old First Division yeah. would would sweep everything before them. But th I think it's it really is a crisis. You've said crisis there, and I think it really is a crisis. And I think the clubs <coughs> know that as well now, and that's why Juventus especially are pushing for a European Super League because eventually people won't want to watch Liga and mm. Serie A or, and even the Bundesliga they just won't because it'd be boring that there's how many times this season have you seen games where teams will have 70% of the ball and I haven't watched a single Juve or Pichy game all season because yeah. Why would I want to do that? Like, even if they play big teams, like um, even oh, actually, I've seen a bit of the um, Milan game, uh, Juve 
Um, even the big teams, the games are boring. Mm-hmm. Like they're so dominant, aren't they? It's, it's still no, they're only, bad for them. Yeah. They only lose games when 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 they want to lose them, when, or they they don't feel like oh can't be asked to turn up today. Yeah. That's when they lose games. But if they turn up with the squads uh, with the players they have, they, they are. Um, who will beat them? Teams are the almost leads? beaten as well. I think, especially yeah. against UV before they've they've even played them and. It almost seems that they're turning up to games home or away, just waiting for that first goal to come for UV. It's it's a formality. I think of the eight that they've won, you had last season where Napoli pushed them close, and there was maybe one of the early titles when they come back, the controversial one that they won, the Montari yeah, post yeah. goal thing. Yeah. There's two title races out of eight that you've had a decent challenge for them, like Serie A in particular. I think. Mm-hmm. I think a big issue as well is that. The opponents often like they they travel to Juventus, they travel to PSG. Um, we had that in the Bundesliga of Bayern as well, and they didn't even try because mm. they thought, why would I do that? Like um, I remember the sort of um, was it two years ago? Um, no, it wasn't the sort of someone else. Anyhow, um, big controversy like sending basically your B team to Munich, and I think that's what a lot of people do. Like you, you just you, you know you have to travel to Juventus or PSG or like, even they come to your place then. Like we've got nothing to play for here because they'll they'll win it, and and mm-hmm. I think that's a big issue. If if smaller teams would actually you know sometimes try harder, sounds a bit silly to say it that way, but yeah, to to actually get something off these teams, then there might be a bit more excitement. But yeah, and I think well, what's going to happen now is the Champions League will move to the weekends, and domestic games will move to midweek, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, the Champions League will get bigger. The, they've obviously the top teams will be guaranteed a place, and it will just essentially become a European Super League in everything but name. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's very sad, but that's just how yeah, it's, it's the only way. Yeah, forward, that's it? just what's going to happen. It really, it's yeah, it's a real shame. But Pip, why? Like you said, why? If you're not invested, you haven't got a team in France. Why would you watch PSG? Strasbourg mm. it's just no unless unless like younger fans now sort of they just they're watching it just to see Neymar do yeah. a few flicks mm-hmm. which is probably what is happening really isn't it yeah. and I don't know it's just very sad very very sad I think <laughs> for the, well you know. Anthony Zacchino has written in he says I'm a Juventus fan their superiority in Serie A is so monotonous I found myself for the last two seasons wanting other teams to beat them just to re- reinvigorate the Jesus, league yeah. um, leads us nicely that. Yeah. <laughs> leads us nicely into something I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast before certainly I don't remember talking about it Scottish football oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does it get boring when the league is a Celtic fan every season, well, Padraig? Maybe for Anthony it may, uh, it may get boring, but certainly not. I just, you know, you do get that question a lot, but I think any football fan who, especially a fan of a team who says that winning gets boring or that, like, you know, I'd still celebrate, hopefully it should win it this season, but I'd still celebrate that as much as you'd celebrate any other title because who knows, you know. City pretty much the same they're dominant now but they've had bad days Celtic have had bad days UV have had bad what days what was your bad days finishing second or no no there was there was some no, dark know, days <laughs> yeah there was some Being dark days in the work. 90s yeah. maybe a we bad finish or two in the 50s it's awful. <laughs> but yeah no I think it, you know any football fan you, you want to see your team win that, that's that's why you watch football yeah. isn't it So, but there, does that, doesn't there come a point especially I mean, we've said it about PSG before where they're so undercooked domestically that when they get to a big game in the Champions League, they can't compete because they don't know how to step up. And surely uh, in the SBL, that's holding Celtic back. Yeah, I think that is a big problem. I think the gap wasn't so big years ago. So it was only like 15 years ago when Celtic could still attract big players and could reach European final. I mean, it's only 11 years ago since Rangers played in a European final. But I think the gap in the last decade has widened so much that you're right, it's no good playing against an Inverness team who parked the bus against you on a Saturday afternoon. No disrespect to them, they're not even in the top flight anymore. So. <laughs> but, you know, it's not an ideal preparation for then playing PSG or Bayern Munich or Man City in the Champions League when the shoe's on the other foot and it's you who don't have so much of the ball anymore and you're so used to dominating the ball yeah it's, it's, I think it's a massive step up but you know it's it's one of those it's how, how do you combat that I, I don't know if you, you know you obviously had 
Brendan Rodgers was that you, maybe that's what you do need at a, a real elite level coach who can but even then he could only bring Celtic so far it's comes down to the quality of the players and you just can't attract yeah can't attract them anymore mm. so well Celtic are heading for a triple treble is that what we're calling a treble, it treble 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 yes. makes more yeah. sense actually doesn't it yeah uh, there's a slim possibility they could clinch the title at Ibrox is that yes right? it's, it's not uh, it could happen but I think unlikely probably not I think Rangers may even ensure that it doesn't happen <laughs> Toby you've got um, some mates who are Hibs fans right yeah how do they sort of stay motivated as supporters when beers beers in the Edinburgh Derby yeah beers in the Edinburgh Derby which is yeah. fantastic by the way I had the pleasure to go there once and sunshine on Leith right <laughs> pardon and sunshine on Leith I mean, you get least, to sing yeah. that every um, that was pretty cool um, I don't know like um to be fair, most of my, my, my mates in Edinburgh who are going to um, heaps games, like one even is a member, they're all Germans. And um, I quite like Scottish football. I like a lot of things about it. I like um, it's, it's a little rougher than, you know, the, the football, like by any means, isn't great, is it? Like, um, mm-hmm. by times, even a bit shit. But the atmosphere is always good. Fans are enthusiastic. Um, yeah, it's just really like a, a, a nice day out and about, isn't it? That's that's what it is all about. And um, don't think a lot of people actually go there for the football. Um, <laughs> but you stay motivated because they're your team, aren't they? I guess so. That's that. Spot Oxford, I yeah, support so, a league, yeah. middle, mid-table yeah. League One team. You just your ambition is just to try and win. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's no, you don't think about the big picture or trying to win the league or or whatever. Yeah. You just try and win Three the game. Three points on a Yeah, that's literally I, I, had a, I had a season ticket in, in, in Rostock a few years ago and that was actually like one of our better years because it was second league football but we were like a mid-table club. Like, we would win a few games, we would lose a few games, you know, and, and I was thinking like, what, what, what makes you spending money on a season ticket and go and see every home game and even travel to a few... Um, away games I guess at the end you can't really pick what club um, you like and then um, you do enjoy going to, to home home games even away games because you, you do enjoy going there with your mates uh, have a few drinks like ideally the sun is out and, and you just mm. have a good day like, well, a we don't quite get there. that in Scotland <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when I was first day last day of the season and the sun isn't out on my, on my Edinburgh derby the day perfect sunshine day after perfect sunshine like, <laughs> I had three days of sunshine you caught on a very good day <laughs> Uh, I mean, I remember the sort of bad old days as a City fan, just about. And I, I remember wins being so much more precious than yeah. they are to me now. Like every yeah. every win was precious. I mean, last night we won a derby at Old Trafford, and my immediate thought was Burnley away. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's routine it's sort of, for you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like even sometimes a goal matters. Yeah, you, 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 like you know, you've got a few games like where you don't score, and then just one goal, like you score a goal, you, you lose anyway. It doesn't matter, but you score a goal, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And it's the little things in life. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steven Gerrard's coming to the end of his first full season as a manager. How how's he got on? Do you think? I mean, I know you don't like the team that he manages, but objectively, uh, I think he's been okay, but. I think there's big question marks kind of around him. I think he probably bought himself a lot of credit in the bank with the European run. He did mm. do really well. They started their season ridiculously early, managed to get all the way through into the group stages. And to be honest, they, they probably could feel hard done by. They didn't get out of the group. They had some, some results where they should have done better. Like they lost in Moscow when they took the lead three times and still oh, yeah, managed to game, lose the it? game. So games like that but and yeah he's gonna he's gonna lead them to second place hopefully <laughs> hopefully not first mm-hmm. um, which they obviously haven't done for quite some time um, and Aberdeen have knocked them out of both cups earlier than he would have liked they got knocked out in the semi-final of the league cup and the quarter-final of the Scottish cup so I think it's kind of mixed uh, report card from after his first season and uh, it's it's about the investment in the summer because I think they do need quite a bit mm. more players. But whether the money's there to do it, that's that's also a, we'll another soon find story. out. Yeah, we will. <laughs> well, we're going to finish today with a question from Sarah Khan. She says, "My t- family team is Celtic, and as a hardcore Celtic fan myself, I was wondering if you think that Scottish Premiership teams like Celtic and Rangers would ever make it into the Premier League, and if they were, how you think that they would rank on the table?" Um, well, I don't think they'll ever come into the Premier League. We've been talking about this for years. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's been on the table for a long time, but I just can't ever see it happening. Um, and how do I think they would rank? I think Celtic would probably be bottom half 
were like 13th, 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rangers. God, he's on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and Rangers, I think they would probably get relegated. I think, I don't know. Celtic, whenever, you know, the, back in the day when they used to beat Man United at Selwick Park on those one-off occasions always seem to pull it off I think consistently over a season I I think they might struggle in the Premier League to be honest Go on then what do you think? Uh, I I, I think we'd do I think we'd be like maybe mid-table upper mid-table kind of that (laughs) very optimistic top four top (laughs) four the thing is like it's it's only two seasons ago that we played Man City when you know they started the season remember they'd won the 10 games in a row and Celtic were the first team to stop them some people mm-hmm. say we derailed them that season <laughs> almost and, and yeah we played them twice home and away and drew both games and played quite well on them both so I think we, the Celtic have shown that they can compete with those teams but those are like as Alex said the one-off games <laughs> it's a different story long season but you know if you're in the Premier League you're obviously you're not going to be playing with a uh, Emilio Ezeguiri and that's the it, gonna, Johnny Hayes a club yeah. like Celtic massive club yeah, you play yeah. in the Premier League you're going to be able to attract better players yeah, better managers true, so true. you know a few years down the line who yeah. knows maybe Celtic could be challenging for the Premier League title if yeah I think it would be an attractive Rangers too. proposition for for players because like you say the history and fan base and if you can offer that kind of money but mm. we can't so <laughs> not yet not yet well that's all we've got time for this week thank you to Podrig Toby and Alex thank you to you guys for listening at home uh, if you want to get your questions into us for next week the email address is podcast at onefootball.com and we'll see you then we'll see you then